0: To call this Parks and Rec Commission meeting to order, um, my name is Alex Hackman. Happy that everybody is here, and I'm so grateful for your attendance this evening. Um, we'd like to welcome uh, our newest member to the commission, Alex. And maybe we'll take a moment here to do uh, some introductions, and maybe we can uh, start with Connie down on the end, and just go around the commission.
1: Sure. What would you like me to say? Is um, there like a certain?
0: So. I, I always like to hear about people's favorite park or most oh, okay. pre- or most visited park or ones that you go to, so... All
1: right, okay. How long have you been on the commission? commission? Hey, yeah. okay. yep. Alice and Connie. I've been on the commission for one year, and my favorite park is the tie between Lucree Hill and Terry Shoeblood. So, my doctor Frank right. chooses... Well, I actually, can't choose. doesn't say it's me.
2: <laughs> 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 one year. Yeah. Hi, Alex. Hi both buddy of mine um i am missy Forbes. i've been on the Parks Board commission for a year and a half i think and the city park pool is my happy place especially in the summer so
3: okay, i've been on the commission for three months i believe and uh joy scott park on the east side alick
0: tackman so i most uh, often Terry Trueblood, but love all the parks and also love Riverfront Crossing as well as another frequent one. So I've been on the commission for, ooh, so how long? I think Melissa and I have been roughly the same time, the same so about fourth year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's been, it's been a while. So. Yeah. It been <laughs> yeah. so yeah, my name is Alex Stanton. I've been on the commission for last a uh, week or two um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, my favorite park is Reno Street Park um, because it's right behind our house, and my children go to Kids Depot, so all the kids after daycare go run over to Reno Street and climb on the
4: playground for another hour. So, mm-hmm. awesome. Welcome, uh, I'm Melissa. I've been on the commission for four years. This is my fourth year, and the Sycamore Greenway is my happy place. Um, I'm, I'm Rachel, and I've been here since uh, February. And my favorite, and my happy places are City Park in general, and well, Upper City Park, and
5: Oakland uh, <laughs> uh, Cemetery. Um, my name is Brian Morelli. I've been on the commission I think for it's my second year, and then um, I live right next to Court Park, which is my favorite. And then I like all the all the bike trails in town you know, too. So. Yes. Awesome, well, so grateful that you're here, Alex,
0: and welcome. All right, we move on to item number two, approval of the July 12 minutes. Is there a motion to approve? Um, Approved. Second. Second. All right, all in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? All right. Now we'll turn the uh, time open to item number three for public comment for items not on the agenda. And we have the timer here, so just uh, by so three minutes is what we're limiting to uh, for public comment at this time so we'll open it up public comment.
6: Hi. i'm ann stapleton welcome alex um and although you probably read the letter i submitted for tonight's meeting i wanted to thank you again for recommending that fall hours be extended at the ram pool as an advocate for never adversary of altering pools very grateful as are many others i also wanted to add a little bit of context about two points i make in my letter regarding an afternoon pool use and how admission numbers provided by staff do not equate to the actual number of people in the pool at a time pool use um Mariel's bare bones schedule was instituted in january 2022 during the covid 19
4: pandemic and after the pool had been completely closed for many months the head of the who didn't declare an end to covid 19
6: as emergency until May 5th, 2023, just three months ago. In January 2022, however, when I realized that REL's, but not Mercer's, pool hours had been drastically reduced, and Brad told me it was due to the low number of pool users at REL, I began to count bodies since I observed a very active pool. Please refer to appendix to CGLI numbers. Both the narrative and numerical description show 23 different days, July only has 31 days, when the pool total chart was 0 to 4 people, but the pool was actually closed, or I counted up to 21 pe- people in the same time period. As I state, inaccurate pool use counts would not constitute an issue, except that they are frequently cited as evidence of low pool use, of RAL. If these numbers are to be used as data, accurate counts matter. Second point has to do with afternoon hours. The unprecedented and limited access to REL for the past 19 months has also erased an important history of pool use. While I'm delighted about the addition of the 9 to 11 hours you recommend, I add a background about the use of REL pool in prior years to explain why I would also love to see afternoon and evening hours return to the community. The pool was typically active five days a week, in the afternoon and evenings, as well as weekends, shared by children and adults engaged in very different water activities, from swim lessons to deep water products to open and and laxer. Cutting out these after-work and after-school hours prevents Arial Pool, the natural flux and flow that other Iowa City playing fields, gymnasium, parks, and recreation facilities experience. Many thanks for your important work as Parks and Recreation Commissioners. We appreciate it. Thank you. Any other public comments? Hi, my name is Karen Craig. Welcome, Alex. I am from Iowa City. and I just wanted to thank the members of the Commission for listening to us last week and the ready to increase the hours. And we're looking forward to spending more time in the pool and looking forward we hope to seeing you in the pool. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Any other public comment? All right, we'll move on to item number four. Parks is stormwater infrastructure. Tyler, I believe will be
7: presenting. Yeah. Thank you, Alex. So everyone so, see that yep. okay. but so we just want to give a little background on some of the other uses for parks besides as as park space so i believe the question came up uh, at the last meeting um kind of uh some of the open spaces uh, why did they just be open and not be programmed for other things so um stormwater infrastructure is one of those main reasons and also one of the main benefits of some of our parks and one of the reasons why we have acquired some of that land and there's not some other use along it. So there are a few different types um, of uh, stormwater parks. So you've got uh, river and creek floodways, um, you've got retention and detention areas, and you have wetlands. Um, so wetlands are um, what Iowa mostly was. Um, Back before settlement, um, we were prairie, but we were also a lot of wetlands, Um, so, uh, you know, that would have been prevalent in the area, but with the Iowa River Corridor and uh, um, Ralston Creek um, converging right in Iowa City, um, there are a lot of parks along our streams, so whether that's the river or the creeks and a lot of those flood at different times. Um, anyone who is here in 08 or 13, or you know, any of the flashy floods along the creeks uh, kind of understands that. And then another thing that's a more recent uh, um, kind of invention um, for cities is retention and detention areas. So retention areas um, are, um, think of it more like um, a pond, for instance. It's retaining, it's holding that water, usually year-round. Um, And a detention area is going to hold water directly after a storm. So you see a lot of those off of parking lot areas or off of areas where subdivisions kind of flow into lower grounds. Um, So I treat them kind of the same here because essentially they're they're doing that same thing. They're holding some of that stormwater flow um, and um, keeping it um, on site instead of um, washing onto the rivers or streams. So, which once again, rivers and creeks, flowable areas, um, uh, along streams, some instances they include flood fire plots. Um, so in um, examples of those, the Normandy Drive neighborhood, you may know it as Mosquito Flats. Um, <laughs> so anywhere along uh, um, you know, that back area City Park there, um, that was heavily impacted in 08, and the city now wants to quite a few of those lots. But there are other examples. Uh, um, James Island McPherson Park has quite a few flood block, bio lots right around there. Um, the area where we all planted some trees, the one meeting, and that triangle space that had homes on it at one point. So here's an example of a uh, of a park uh, of multiple parks actually really functioning as um, you know they should in this instance to keep other infrastructure from being flooded. So we do see some homes and the Normandy Drive area here um, uh, I'd say two-thirds of those probably are no longer there um, and there are a few uh, flood buyouts, and then a few left across the river at a tap speedway at the top there um, so this section, well it's
2: not showing up on there
7: but uh, um, then you also have um, Terrell Mill Park, across the bend of the river there. And you have one of our newer ones, uh, it's number 310 up there in kind of the middle, that is um, Foster Road Park. Um, and then this goes down around to the peninsula as well. So lots of parks right in this one area functioning as um, stormwater infrastructure in a way. Was that 2008 or? That was
8: 2008, correct, 2008.
7: yep. So uh, if you think, if you're standing at City Park in 2008 and you think of where the park's um, shop building is there, the water was up to the eaves. Um, the um, water was almost to the top of the um, um, fence on the um, uh, tennis courts. So that gives you an idea of how deep that was. So here's that example of uh, James Ogden and Pearson Park and some of those, uh, those what were um, five lots um, along the creek there. Are there still active flood buyout lots like that are the city's targeting? Or or are they
5: all been
8: acquired? As owners are willing to sell, we're available to talk. Um, We no longer have federal money to to do flood buyouts in the Normandy area, um, but we have as recently as a few months ago purchased a property that became available. So we still are um, kind of on a case-by-case basis. Same with some of them around McPherson and a few other places too. So, uh, a trivia question
7: for anyone, uh, name two parks that are home to creek dams and what creeks they're located on, anyone have an idea, even one?
1: I have a guess, Hickory Hill Yep.
7: and then Ra- Ralston Creek. Yep, it's definitely Ralston there, mm-hmm. any other uh, guesses on any other ones? I know one of the other ones was named as one of the favorites by one of you, so. well,
2: Scott Park? Yeah,
7: Scott Park. So if you think about driving down um, Scott Boulevard there, um, you're driving across the top of essentially the dam there. Um, so that is another one. Um, so those are essentially creating retention and detention basins. Um, in those cases, uh, uh, detention basins, so the whole north half of Hickory Hill Park um, is above the dam there, um, so that's technically all a um, sort of a retentionary not the typical type you would think in a neighborhood for instance but uh, but definitely functions that way and the same way with uh, scott park and rita's uh, ranch dog park so the dog park sits right on the edge and partially in that uh, um, uh, detention basin. So um, if you ever drive by there after a storm and you see it all underwater, uh, it definitely gets pretty uh, pretty full. Cool. And those types of spaces we do have some uses, like the dog park for instance, but we run into a lot of maintenance challenges um, because of that. Um, and especially in wet years, we haven't had to deal with that this year, but um, it can be quite the challenge to keep those parks looking nice in those years. And
8: if it is a federal flood buyout property, then I don't believe we're very limited on any structures that can be put on those. So parking, trails, flat surface things can be put on, sometimes an open shelter, sometimes. But if we're limited from any kind of like restroom facility or things like that on a lot of those uh, federally purchased prospects properties
7: so anything with a a footing we'd be cautious with too because of the chance of that being impacted so here's an example of um, the west side of town Um, so we're uh, we're right along 218 there you've got Hunter's Run Park um, and uh, some new park space along Shannon Drive um, that have examples of this so top left if you think about um, Hunter's Run Park if you walk the back loop by the shelter there's that pond there um that was uh installed when the park was uh, was built as a retention basin um so it's it's keeping water it around um we just had a question this week about fish stocking in it and so i've been working with the dnr to see if it's a uh, viable place to continue to stock fish well so there's an extra use for a uh, um, retention basin in that way um, detention basins are on the d's up there so there are quite a few um, these I would say are our biggest challenge for, um, how we manage them. Um, the, the one off of wolf Wolfbrook there, um, to the far left, um, we've tried to establish some, uh, um, some prairie there on a few different occasions. It's sort of coming in, but, but it's quite the challenge just to get it to even, um, seed and germinate. Um, is a challenge and then also the those storm surges are bringing in a lot of water and then they can be quite dry at other times. So not many plants really like that kind of atmosphere. Um, and those spaces are supposed to function without trees um, and uh, that just helps them absorb more of that water. You don't have those roots potentially impacting those. Uh, um, those other features in there. The one-off Wolfbrook Wolf has a, a split net. so it's kind of like a miniature dam in the middle, um, and then the Duck Creek Drive kind of functions as the the dam on the other end of that. Um, uh, any questions? Yeah, I was
5: going to ask the detention
8: and retention areas. Are they always managed by parks or subdivisions manage uh, them like in nice my subdivision? We have a little pond. Good
7: question. Um, both. Um, the further back in time you go, the more often they were accepted as, as park spaces. Um, our recent uh, stance on that has been um, you know, we're not getting a whole lot of other use besides just uh, the stormwater management in that neighborhood. Right. So, in a lot of instances, they're now um, the uh, um, homeowners association that cares for them because that neighborhood is specifically the one benefiting, and we don't have as many other uses for it, but but definitely both
8: yeah, I think around it's town. Probably close to 50 50 right now throughout the city, and what we maintain versus what a homeowners association maintains. Um, and as we move forward, more of them will be homeowners associations. Are there rules or guidelines for those? There are, there are, but it is one of the tougher things that we work with both as a city and as a parks and rec department, because a lot of people think that they're ours. Um, And we can guide HOAs in there, but it's up to them to actually spend the money and maintain it and hire their own specialists or crews. So it's something that still can use some energy and (laughs) attention. So in this map you can even see one that's Homeowners
7: Association north of Tipperary Road there, that space in between the houses, that is um, Homeowners Association um, right there. So it's adjacent to some of our others. It can cause confusion. So here is that um, example um, at Hickory Hill on the detention basin, the dam there um, that goes across. Dams create even um, an additional challenge for us in, in this instance with this one and the one at Scott Park. Um, those are, um, uh, someone looks after those from, I think it's the state level um, that comes around and inspects those. And then we have to make repairs and um, whatever need be um, from those inspections. Because really, if um, you know, if they fail, there can be a, a bigger chance of a,
8: of a problem in some of those instances. Most often, I agree, Hill, well, that's removing the volunteer trees that start growing in it. We to yep. clear that quite cool. often because of that state inspection when it happens. Yep. So then,
7: here's that one at uh, Scott Park. Um, so I haven't seen the one at Hickory Hill pack up quite as much as this one does at Scott Park, but, uh, this one definitely holds a lot of that water before it goes into, uh, um, um, the the neighborhood the neighborhood neighborhood west there along the, the, um, along the cork hill trail. So wetlands, uh, they're areas that tend to have shallow water, um, substantially covered with vegetation, growing in shallow pools, and they're typically not connected directly to streams. Um, So an example of that, um, is uh, right here at Whispering Meadows Wetland Park. So, Appleby, um, the, um, so the W on there, on there shows more shows of that, that wetland area. area. Um, there's some, also some, some kind of a uh, wet music prairie too on the further um, south you go. Um, and then the part the north, bar, course, that is a retention area. Um, so, in this case, when the retention area fills up far enough, it does spill over into that wetland space there. Um, and for this one if you look back way to as early as the aerial maps go the imagery you can see this was always a wet spot whether it was farmed or not um, it was always always a wet spot in that area Um, in this neighborhood um, none of the homes can have basements in; they all have to be um, uh, level with the um, the street level or higher Um, and that kind of tells you that that groundwater level is a little bit higher there Um, and this ultimately comes close to the, the north end of the uh, Sigmar Greenway, so it's kind of that whole complex of wetlands.
8: Is there a functionality to that circle design, or is it
7: just uh, I'm not exactly sure the reason behind the circle design originally, but um, uh, I'm sure there was, whether it was aesthetic or, or some other reason, but um, uh, it's a little bit deeper in those spots, so you kind of get the, the multiple areas of, uh, that plants either thrive or, or some other plants thrive in other spots. The turtles like it out there. Good um, so here you can see, I just listed some of the, the ones that um, uh, are the obvious ones for these, but I put numbers at the top there by each of them. So you can see over half of our parks um, uh, have some sort of uh, stormwater um, kind of infrastructure in them. Um, So a lot of long rivers and creeks and some of these have multiple of these Um, Retention and detention about 15 of those right now Um, and then uh, wildlands uh, Six that includes some smaller ones in places like Lower City Park and Spots along the rivers So this just is uh, another visual Um, so uh, if you think about where they're spread out throughout the city, um, this gives you an idea. So blue are the rivers and creeks, um, parks with those. Um, Purple is retention and detention, and the wetlands are green. Um, So a lot of wetland type spaces down on the south here and then up at, uh, up and near um, uh, fireworks and the kind of uh, the peninsula um, area up there. and then kind of the river's increase, spread right out through the center there and kind of where Austin Creek does its uh, um, its kind of branches over there on the full east side of town. So we spoke a little bit about challenges throughout, but the dam management's uh, definitely, um, you know, an extra set of regulations on top of uh, um, just general maintenance there, um, mowing and tree removal. Um, so, like it was mentioning, they function best without trees. In most instances, um, that has a bit of a um, a challenge. If we get the site and it's had trees on it prior to it being becoming city land, um, that can be a public uh, um, kind of perception. Um, why are you cutting down the trees? Um, when in a lot of cases, the engineers are saying these trees have to go. Um, because it needs to function
8: and that would be something we hear about almost every year because we go and do it and there's a certain part of the creeks that get cleaned out each year usually between november and january when public work staff doesn't have isn't allowing um, snow yet they oftentimes have time when they will go in and they'll start cutting back all the vegetation along the creeks once again it's so that when there's storms we have a storm water management and the storm water can flow through The quickest ways to get a lot of calls from a neighborhood though is when they start cutting down the brush and some of the volunteer trees. A lot of times it's not high quality, most of the time it's not high quality trees that are in there, um, but they are things that are potentially blocking the the flow of the water. So uh, we're getting to the point where most of them have been cleaned out in the last probably five or six years, so it's getting to be a little more commonplace, Uh, but that practice had not been regularly done for probably decades. So we've had a lot of catch-up work to do um, to make it better. And it, that's usually not our call as Parks and Rec. That's usually an engineering stormwater management through public works call. Uh, but we're the ones that get to go out and meet with everyone on site when it happens.
7: So it may not seem like uh, grasses and forbs of flowers and such hold the bank better, but they really do. Their, their root system is finer and it actually goes quite deep. Um so that functions a lot better than a uh, tree canopy that's a lot of trees non-native with non-native shrubs native shrubs already. And you get that brown um, layer at the very uh very bottom. It's basically it's just soil, but um, a lot of times nothing else on there. So you're getting a lot of water across that fast and it erodes quicker. We can see banks uh, fall in, things like that. So even though you know you might see a tree hanging on to the side of a bank with all the roots exposed. Um, that's not doing a whole lot to stop that, whereas um, some of those prairie plants or other um, grasses would do a better job with that. So um, that's just something to remember, um, kind of with the, the science behind that. Um, actually, a, a raindrop falling from the sky has less impact on um, the soil um, if it contact, contacts it directly then, Something with um, physics makes the drain drop more it comes off of a tree first, so if it's dropping from the leaves, um, I'm not, uh, I'm not really up on all the physics of it, but uh, I do know that's um, that's the case that uh, um, somehow it makes the impact greater. Um, access um, there. At times of the year, there's not a whole lot of access to these sites, whether for maintenance or for public use, um, for park use. So that's a challenge that hits on the limited uses as well. Um, and then uh, vegetation establishment, I spoke about this a bit with that prairie off of um, Hunter's off Wolfbrook Circle there. Um, multiple times we've tried to seed it and, and have a successful prairie we've had some success in areas of it but um but it's a constant struggle and challenge and um, we're trying to improve that one the neighbors are actually in most instances supportive of the prairie there um but the patience of, of getting it established in a tough instance like that is is another challenge okay I'm Not <laughs> okay, there we go. So let me see. Any questions uh, that we didn't cover throughout here? Anyone's thought of along the way? Are there plans
0: to kind of expand other wetlands areas or other, you know, you trust kind of the mm-hmm. retention detention areas, but as new
7: parks are brought in, are those considered well as part of the? Person? Yeah, that's a good question. Um we try to improve anything that we have there. So recently at uh, Lower City Park by the baseball diamonds, there were some kind of natural wetlands in that space that is in the prairie space now. Um so that's one way um we try to kind of instead of mowing white spots, um and you know whether it's uh technically a wetland or not is one thing, but if it's a wider spot it's a spot that might be a good Candiff for Prairie or something like that, because you're not going to get as much year on use of soccer, for instance, or, um, you might even be able to get a mower into it at some time. So, so yeah, we're constantly looking at that as we expand west of 218 as a city. Um, I think there's definitely some possibilities for, um, wetlands or, uh, retention areas out that way, um, because that, that
8: creek system that runs through there. So yeah, we most likely end up with another large park in that west land use area um, it'll be a water retention area similar to terry trubley maybe Um, but typically we don't any longer take parkland if it's only a retention area unless there's unless in the case of what they're calling Carson Lake Park or Or Carson Lake on the west side there it's going to be kind of a, a regional stormwater retention area and they're getting all of the new development to into one area if it's a smaller development throughout the city then we have the homeowners association to take care of it for the most part okay. so, was there uh, was this
7: presentation mainly just kind of informational or is there some kind of policy changes coming up related to management? It's, no, it's just informational. Um, I know one of the commission members had asked last month kind of, um, we have some larger spaces in some of the parks that we don't have programmed, um, or um, you may see tree removals at sometimes in spots. And uh, we just wanted to get the word out there that, you know, in a lot of these instances, um, we have, um, you know, features like this within the parks that, that we're considering at the same time. Good question. And then um, just a comment.
5: I was- through city park not too long ago and I remember when I first moved to the area Like I mean, the city tried to protect that that area along the river for years and it just like seemed like it was just kind of losing balance so it's great to see it just kind of return to natural and with, the, with the wildflowers and it looks really pretty fighting mm-hmm. through and
8: through so yeah. I, I was going to comment that too I
1: really that
8: prairie was just so pretty mm-hmm. So there is a city park master plan that was done in, in relation to the flooding of the park and and uh, it had about a $13 million plus price tag to it. So we have been able to implement larger parts of it, which would have included raising the road through the park to have it act as a levee. However, that's why you're seeing a lot of the changes closer to the river. Uh, that's why we moved the playground up on the hillside. Uh, that's we'll talk about shelters and where they may move, but we are... Instead of being able to do the entire master plan, we're trying our best step by step to move more and more of the assets out of the way of the floods if it should happen. So, this we see a lot of changes in the other while so we're park over the last five or six years. Any other questions? Okay, let's see if this works out. I don't know what's happening. Our next item, if it's okay, I'll just go ahead and introduce it. Um, We're getting ready to start our capital improvement budget process Um, and one of the projects that's been sitting out there for a while that we're getting closer to is the future of the shelters and restrooms in both upper and lower city park. Um, And I'll update you on what's happening with city park pool process after this. During my time, um, we're looking at some changes to the shelter and restroom in upper city park having to do with the pool project, depending on how that moves forward. But Lower City Park, we wanted to show this to you and and look at some ideas of how we might do things differently as we move forward with Lower City Park shelters. Tyler will explain all this. We do still plan to have a public meeting with the neighbors. This is just kind of an introductory meeting with you to see if we're on the right track. So when we put in our budget requests in the next few weeks, we know if we're at least going the right way. And then specifics of a lot of it will still happen later. Closer to when the project might happen, and would include neighborhood outreach and and the neighborhood stuff. So I just wanted to know we aren't trying to circumvent that. We're just at a point where
7: we really need some feedback early on. Yeah, like numbers of uh, of shelters that would go back in, things like that, are what will help us set that those budget numbers. Um, And one shelter could make a big difference in budget. So that that number. um, Thank you. So, here you see, if you uh, you look at the map and you look at any of the green and the red, those are what are currently there, and what are green and blue would be part of um, our current thinking of what would be there after the project. Um, So all of the shelters um, and restrooms in Lower City Park are in pretty rough shape aside from shelter six which is the large one at the right of the screen there shelter 10 which is the new one by the um playground on the hillside there and then the riverside um festival uh, stage shelter and restroom there um so those are a little they bit were newer um and in a lot of shading the, the other ones, ones have been, been there um for um, a long time <laughs> i, I, I didn't look, look back exact exactly how many years, years but some, some of those, those are uh, probably seven years old um, and they're they're really showing their their wear and tear um, and even some of them like number five um, when I went to get another look at them the other day um, just seeing some of that uh, decay on the back side of it that um, you don't notice from the road um, so there's there's quite a bit of issues with most of the others and the um, the master plan from 2016 um, has things moving um, closer to the hillside. Um, so this would um, be in line with that um, if, if those blue locations were, were chosen to put new ones. So that's kind of the overall thinking behind this. Um, you do see that um, it's a few less overall shelters, um, but higher quality ones that we would propose going back in. Um, what sort of usage do the shelters in lower city park get I mean, how often are they yep um so in the the heat of the summer um or graduation season um they can be full on a weekend um at least have one reservation in each one at some time of the day they're not necessarily always full for the full um, allotment of times because you can rent it for a whole day or a partial day things like mm-hmm. that um so their shelter eight uh is used less, less the, young, the um shelter. shelter um so most of the summer it's, it's hot enough in there um that we don't see a lot of um, rental of that um shelter six is the most popular i believe right, right now because it's of just the size of it it's, it's our, our largest shelter in our whole park system, park system. Um, so it gets a lot of use um, i would say most of the ones uh, like 13 12 and even 11 um, there's not a playground near those anymore um, so those don't get used quite as, as much, much. Um, uh, it is kind of nice, nice and, and in the, the plan there's there's a uh, showing an idea of a new one in between 12 and 13 there because you can kind of be off um, on your your own in in a sense there. So it would be nice to have one there, but moving the other ones closer to either the ponds or the hillside and the amenities are are kind of the idea.
2: Would you replace the enclosed one with a different enclosed one? So the
8: thought is actually, if we move forward, depending on what happens with City Park School, when we know what's going on there? there, if we go through a replacement at city park pool the idea is to build a bathhouse that would likely have an indoor shelter attached to it so we would have heating for both facilities have it in one spot rather than having it in two different spots and that would likely replace the, the indoor shelter that's down here
7: and that's in the improvements plan for a year prior to one year or two prior to this so what it would be in place at that
2: point already. Do you think it would be harder to book that shelter if it was a part of the pool though?
8: Um not necessarily and it would be a lot easier during the rest of the when the pool's not open. I think that's something it would get us a better programming, ongoing programming space throughout the entire rest of the year. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I just had so many like yeah. parties and family reunions in that spot, and to have it incorporated with the pool, it just seems like there would be a lot of a lot of traffic and more congestion. But, yeah. Is it rented?
1: Is it a, I mean, it's, it's not important. rented. Very Everything often. Like on that yeah. thing.
7: <laughs> we have. We've had. Uh, quite a few instances of vandalism in that shelter the last few years as well um in the middle of the winter um also um at other times of the year but um broken windows uh, and, and doors and such um so it's it's an extra challenge with that as well kind of sitting out there where it is um you know in a, a darker space harder to get to um so like julie said the others with the other um, Area that would cut down on some of that, but then you you do have uh, there's trade offs with it for sure. Yep. So I'll go through a few. Hey, it's working out. (laughs) I'll go through a few uh, just kind of pictures of what's out there. Um, So our standard designs are shown on this, uh, this page, so um, what we've been going to from our, our parks master plan. These were what were proposed in that, and this is the types of shelters we've been adding throughout the whole system for consistency. Um, and really that kind of standard look that you know you're in an Iowa City park when you get to this, uh, this place, there's, there's some common threads throughout. So the top one, um, that's actually um, the one that's at Willow Creek, but it looks a lot like most of our other larger shelters. Um, so that would be um, what a large shelter would look like. Um, and the small shelter, um, this one is actually the one at um, City Park now by the playground. Um, so that is kind of the standard that it's called Coverworks Works Shelter. Um, It's got the the metal um, kind of design. There's different color schemes and whatnot for that as well. Well,
0: What's the capacity for each of those?
3: Uh, So, oops, Um, there, oops, it's
7: just laggy. The large one, I think we. So the small ones, I believe we put six picnic tables in usually. There's a couple of different sizes of the small ones too, so um, they can vary by you know, you know, six to eight feet um, in kind of size. But um, typically they have six uh, um, picnic tables on each with six capacity each, so 36 approximately. Um, and the larger ones are somewhere in that uh, you know, 50 um, kind of range. Um, without being too crowded in there. Yeah, it
3: I'm sorry. Uh, I was going back to the number nine shelter um, at the state park, it, does that have anything to do with again that like stormwater, you know, retention or detention area it's a bit too close to the river yeah. to build
7: there? Yeah.
3: Okay. That's the reason that one's kind of an outlier there. It's also a long
7: way from any. Um, ADA accessible kind of space, so it takes more infrastructure to get to that place um, as well. So any updates to this would all would be, connected be connected by accessible, accessible paths. Um, when, when, when they went in, it was all oh, well before kind of that, uh, that part of history. So um, it, it'll be nice to have everything um, completely accessible out there as well. Have you
5: um, started removing any the shelters already? Like, for example, where some of the new ones are? To, are, are they, they replacements or, they or they just, we, we
7: have, have not removed, removed any at this point? We when the um, carnival came down about five years ago, there was a very small one there that held one picnic table that came down, but there have not been any other. No, the
5: new ones and, are
8: proposed. Those yeah. aren't there yet either. Right. Those are
5: proposed. So is the net what would be the net, the net change like you know, in terms of number of shelters? Is
7: it I'm counting just the red all of the cover that a little bit when we get into okay. it here. But uh, it's I think it's three different. But um, I'll be able to tell you in a second.
8: Can you say again what the time frame we're looking at is for this 26? Yeah. So it's a couple of years away from when it would be in the budget. 26 or maybe it will get pushed to 27 at this point, we're not sure.
7: Mm-hmm. So I guess to start with the bathrooms, um, We call them red brick and gray brick uh, internally. (laughs) It's kind of the easiest way to explain them. So red brick is one of the original structures from when the zoo was in uh, City Park. Um, So the idea at this point was that one would be, it's a cool structure. Um, It's actually set up with four doors on it. Um, So we think it'd be possible to split that into four um, single-stall restrooms to fit our our, um, kind of, Goal to get to a single stall, more um, inclusive restroom spaces. Um, and uh, just kind of keep some that character there. Um, we have a new roof on it. Uh, um, you know, the, it's in pretty good structural shape. Um, you know, without having a structural evaluation done on it, it appears to be in pretty good shape. Um, there, would there would need to be changes in the side side, but using that low level, um, um, I think it's, it's what. Um, we'd like to propose at this point Um, whereas the gray brick even though it's newer um, it has some issues with its uh, the sewer backing up at times we have to pump out um, the the pet usually at least once a year Um, especially in a wet year, that will happen more. Um, And it's it's designed in such a way that the roof structure is problematic for that that top, uh, just keeping that maintained and and working well. Um, So the idea, it's also closer to the river. Um, It's, uh, whereas Red Brick will not flood um, during a, um, even a 08 um, flood, um, Red Brick definitely would be up to the the roof line there. Um, So, and then, um, there's another small shed near um, um, Graybrick um, that needs to come down as well. It may actually come down before that just on its own if, um, if we don't take that one down soon. Um, and then you have the Riverside um, stage restroom. Um, it will get some modest improvements with the, uh, um, the uh, stage um, improvements that are going to happen in the next year. So um, just kind of cosmetic paint on the outside, things like that. Um, and it's in relatively good shape as well okay so we've got um this is kind of getting to your question about which ones would stay and things so we've got uh these three um that we spoke about that would stay so those are kind of one for one they're staying we have these Top two that would um, have consolidation. so that's uh, uh, for each one. That's a net minus one. So there's there's two less on those top two there, um, and then there's uh, one less with uh, shelter nine there. So that's three less in total.
8: And it's important. Another thing to note is when they're close together out there, like these are, that we're saying consolidate. It's rare that they're both rented at the same time. It's usually groups want one, one or the other and. know so it's that's part of the thought of consolidating them into
7: one as well yeah and then these last two are ones that would be replaced near where they are now so um it's uh minus three for for the net uh total there um but they will be new refreshed um shelters um uh, it's a substantially large cost um for each one as well so we're trying to um kind of balance that with everything um, either way these need to come down at that point all of them do um, so um, you know it, it's it's not a question of being able to save one um, the one i thought that may be able to be saved is shelter five going up into um uh the um kind of the framing that goes all the way across the structure Um, So so it's It's, it's it's a challenge challenge. um, in any of those instances. Any questions on that? uh, Is there a consensus on whether we're going the right direction? Nothing's set in stone. Um, We're just, like Julie said, trying to get a budget number. Um, My only concern would
5: just be fewer. I mean, just because the shelter is bigger doesn't
4: mean uh, right you might be better
5: off having two smaller shelters because then you know if you have smaller groups, they can both use it. So I, I guess that would be my only concern is if reducing the number of shelters would you know limit access and you know for different three to, to use it. So yes. I like seeing the numbers.
8: I, I think you know, we could go through days, our records right? and also give you an idea of what the size of groups are that are because mm-hmm. I think they do, do, do put that in their rental we could let you know like the size
7: of rooms that are renting them yeah. I think from size standpoint most of these this new um style if you if they're the ones that fit the six tables in are very similar to most of the ones that are out there um like you see in the pictures there's about six tables in each of those now so those would be comparable um and uh most of these and this one would be comfortable there is one slightly larger one which we do have one large one in the plan too so that would kind of take the place um a uh, large size there um and that would use quite, quite a, bit a bit for, for family, family needs and stuff like that, like that larger gatherings so can
1: i just make one tiny little point
7: sure um so you, the only data you have um access
1: to is is rentals um but um, you know, I and my friends, my friends and I go down and just have lunch in an empty shelter, and we're not the
8: only ones. And so you don't have any data on people that just use them. So it's a good point. We don't have data. We have staff that would that are out there every day. That's what we rely on for those kind of kind of head counts. And and I would say that that is probably we don't hear as much about um, people wanting shelter use out there as, as wanting just. Picnic table, more picnic tables spread out throughout Mm -hmm. for exactly those Mm -hmm. kind of gatherings. So um, I don't know that we've really had many requests for more shelters ever, but more picnic tables for sure. Well, that's true. I guess I don't really care if there's a shelter over me, but but
7: people do use. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's a good point.
8: Given that we are reducing some capacity, on the off chance that we do proceed with this and find out that we don't have enough shelters, that they're overflowing, people can't get reservations when they want, that gives you the ability to go back and add in another one or two down the line? Yeah, and that's likely, no matter how many we suggest at this point, most likely we're not going to get the full budget for what we're asking for to start with anyway. It may be a multi-year process, uh, no matter what, for full replacements. Looking at our budget scenario in the coming years, but um, that's definitely
4: something we can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed the shelter in Pearson Park is kind of like a five star hotel, mm-hmm. and so because of that, it's always being rented. And I mean, that must get more money in the city. And then the time chunks allow, I mean, the minute the, the hour is over, mm-hmm. then we come in. And yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean um, uh, different birthdays, everything there. So. Um, yeah, I wonder if it's going to have one of those features is electricity. Yeah. Well, these new ones, okay.
7: Yeah, most of them now, not all of them, um, most of them have electricity, um, so we would replace with, oh. I would think all of these we would want to try to get electricity if budget oh. allows. Um, and one of, one of them on that plan, the larger one, would be like the one at, at McPherson. Um, The only difference being the the column bases would be um, more like the one at uh, Willow Creek because they're they're more cost-effective in that
3: way. i notice noticed in several of these images that most of them are accompanied by a a drill or something of the like. Would the plan be to remove them from the sites that are being removed and put new ones close to the new shelters or keep them spread out? Yeah, ideally with the new shelters, I think we still have some spread out
7: throughout the park as well. I can't tell you how many are out there, but um, if we did find that people were just wanting to use open spaces rather than a shelter to go, um, the, the girls are a lot cheaper to, to put in than the whole structure. So definitely a good point. The, uh,
5: I know the university is putting some fire pits around some of their outdoor structures. Is there any consideration of doing something like that? So
8: it's always an option. We, we typically uh, put it out as an option to neighborhoods when we get ready to talk about a new park or a park renovation, and I think we would in this case too. Um, so far we have them at uh, Cardigan Park and Calder Park. Those are the only two. And they've been very successful in both of those with almost no issues that, that we're aware of. I will tell you, most neighbors are kind of skittish about it still, and typically veto the idea. Um, although it's, it, is, it is an option at any it pretty much. So. There's yeah.
7: one in the current proposal that uh, Project Green is assisting with at uh, the Action House, um, kind of uh, away from the house, but in an area there. So um, there will be one in kind of the general neighborhood um, in the future, assuming that gets
8: funding. So is it summarized that you would rather see more than less shelters, or you're okay with combining some
1: of them if we determine that's what needs to happen? I think hearing all over the board, you know. I think it's okay to combine them, and it's important to update things. It just like you say, McPherson is beautiful, so people want to just rent it. So you know, build some beautiful ones, and, it, and it's like, oh my gosh, you can't even get a shelter. And it's something for the parks rep to decide. Oh, well, we need to due to need, we need another one. Um, but I think you all probably spent a lot of time and thought and <laughs> putting this together. <laughs> it wasn't just, you know, through the things on there. And um, yeah, it's important to update it and make our spaces beautiful.
0: I think having a good variety of sizes as well for different groups and uh, mm-hmm. is beneficial as well to help, especially at the larger parks when we have those options available. So some consolidation, I think, makes sense, but
3: making sure that there's a variety of sizes as well. I uh, I really wouldn't want to build too many and then find that they're not being used, you know, that I, I also like that, like you said, to have them connected um, so that people, you know, who may need certain access, you know, special access in order to get to those places they can do any of those shelters. I, I like that concept. Yeah, just the accessibility place yeah. to here just to make it
0: more inclusive and more individuals able to use. It's also here's just where the bathrooms are as well, so making sure that
4: yeah, the little kids it's, don't want to <laughs> you know, trek across. Yeah. In general,
7: they'd all be fairly close to that right, correct? That okay. would be proposed to be um, uh, renovated. Okay. Um, so there'd be one a little bit further away, but it's it's in walking distance to the baseball um, okay. restrooms as well that are over there. All right.
8: That's- I think that's the feedback we needed to, you this is not a dead deal yet, you'll still see that. feedback. Um, The answer to the picnic table question, that's the question I get the most often, is what happened to all the picnic tables, both at City Park and a few of our other parks. It all relates back to COVID, quite honestly. Uh, If you noticed all the extra picnic tables that appeared in downtown Iowa City, uh, those all came from our parks, (laughs) and they were loaned. Um, And they're still loaned every year. So we put in a proposal in the next budget that either we need them replaced for the parks or the downtown association needs them replaced to give us our tables back. So they've been getting a ton of use downtown. I won't begrudge them that at all. But that has caused a lesser supply throughout the park system. So it's important to know that too. Who did the art on those? Um, it was an artist that was contracted by the Downtown Association, so unfortunately, I don't know the details of that. Yeah. Alright, thanks me. Um, just a note that we know that the October 12th date will not work for the Commission meeting. Well, you could all have a meeting, but there won't be any staff members here. <laughs> it is our National Parks and Rec Conference that week, so myself, Tyler, and Brad will all be gone. So. Do you have a preference to maybe the week before or the week after? And if we don't have agenda items that month, we would just go ahead and cancel it. But I just wanted to kind of pull you to see if you had a preference for reschedule. So the the, the date normally would be with, is that the 12th? I believe no, it's uh, the 11th. Oh, the 11th. Sorry, wrong date on my my On the 11th. So it would either be the week before on the. 4th or, or, or the eighteenth. or the 18th I mean if no one I would really put the 4th I would too okay. two, uh, five,
3: five, either five. way is fine and okay. either way should work
8: okay. I'm okay. kind of looking like the 4th is the okay we'll plan on the 4th um, and as I said if, it, if we get closer and through September and we find there's not an agenda item um, then we would not have the meeting in October
0: so okay. all right continue on then to item number seven virtually through for for your report
8: okay so speaking of that that's up to you on what's happening with the city park pool um, process they've been the consultants have been in and out of town quite a few times over the last month two months um, they're still waiting on the testing results of the core samples that came out of the cement. So they took the core samples out of the cement. Um, they've come back to us. with just a whole lot of questions about the, when things were replaced, when equipment was replaced. So they're working on their recommendation and report. At this point, the plan is for that to go to the City Council directly on se- Tuesday, September 5th. And I will know... Sometime around the 22nd or 23rd, if that's the date it will actually happen or if it gets pushed back to the meeting after. But at this point we have it penciled in with a pretty strong pencil uh, that it will be to the Council on September 5th. And if you remember, what that will be is the the recommendations from the consultants. It will be the one doing the presentation of the Council saying, here's what we found with current conditions. And here are your options, or here is, first of all, what could be done if it was to be repaired. And if, if it was to be repaired, this is what we estimate the cost of that and the lifespan that you would gain from doing that. Say if they would say to light it, you know, they would say a lighter would cost you this much and would buy you this many years. So that's part of that. They would also then take it through the nine goals, the things like accessibility, the things of welcoming to LGBTQ users and and other users, shade, um, access into all areas. They'll take those nine points and they will give the council a recommendation based on if they say it could be repaired. These are the things in those nine points that would be accomplished and these are the things that might not be accomplished with the repair versus uh, a full-on renovation. And if, at this point, the plan is, I'm going to say black and white, because it, but it never is in Iowa City. <laughs> but it's meant to be one of those two decisions of either repair the pool or completely replace it. Um, if it's replace the pool, what that looks like, we have no idea at this point. It could be replacing it with exactly the same pool that shape that's there that is an option that could be considered or it could be something else some other ideas and amenities within that they have the council has agreed to it essentially happening within the fence line of the current pool so we're not looking at anything huge water park like um, if it were to go into a full-on replacement does that make sense so if the, if the council on September 5th decides to repair the pool, that's the path we go and there's no further public comment or public input after that because that's the choice is to repair and we'll take it right back to a staff level with the consultants at that point and, and figure out the construction documents of how to make that happen. If their option is to renovate it or re- renovate slash um, replace it, then we go into the full-on public comment scenario. And just to remind you of all what that would be, it'll start out with a big general meeting. We've said open house, but I don't wanna to get too stuck on the word open house versus general meeting versus basically a large gathering where everybody's welcome to come. And how that actually plays out, we don't have the specifics on that because we don't know if it's gonna happen yet. I can tell you we've kind of targeted a date, if on September 5th, that, that happens and they say let's go on with replacement. Most likely we're going to try to couple it either with the big Halloween event at the end of October or one of the indoor holiday markets. We're going to try to do it at a time where we're already capturing a crowd of families and general users and try to, if it's a large like open house type thing, try to capture two groups at once. So you can kind of think of that as a time frame. And then after that, or you with that will be the different focus groups happening. Focus groups are open to everyone to apply for. We plan to have an online form and part of what we'll be asking the Commission to do is help get the word out to people that are interested or you think have an interest in what City Park would be to sign up for that because they'll sign up it'll become a database and then based on the attributes of the particular group. So we have a group that deals with disabilities, so we'd like everyone in that group to either have a disability um, or be a caregiver for someone with a disability. So you'd have to check that on your box when you, when you put your name into the hat for it. Um, and then so when those choices are made of who's in each group, the group, the consultants choosing it will not see names of any of the people that are being chosen. They'll be assigned a number, so we're trying to do it randomly, but I want to tell you that randomly but within the criteria of each of the focus groups and trying as best we can to match the demographics of our overall city for each particular type of group. So the same racial makeup, neighborhood, you know, getting a good mix of people from all different neighborhoods, those kind of things. uh, and there's a couple groups that don't have random selection, one being all of you. <laughs> there'll be a Parks and Rec Commission meeting uh, focus group if we go that route, and obviously you're not randomly selected, you're into, you're doing it because of this. Um, there'll be a child care group where hopefully Missy will help us with some needs on that, but we wanna make sure we have a mix in that group of small child cares, but then also some of our larger and after school type care programs and so those will be targeted invites for that particular group to make sure that we get all the different and they may not be uh, targeted necessarily to Iowa City residents because some of the leaders of those um, child care groups may not live in Iowa City. For the rest of the open groups priority goes to Iowa City residents first. Does that make sense and a lot of of details with that. All of that data from the first uh, Public meeting and all the focus groups will then be taken by the consultant and they would come up with three scenarios of what the pool could look like based on those criteria. Two of them within the ten million dollar budget and one up to fifteen million dollars. Uh, those three options, assuming once again we are repairing, assuming we've made the decision to replace, will then go out and there'll be a survey, a statistically valid survey done based on those three options. After the, the survey has reached a statistic, statistically valid, um, what they do then it's open to the general public, so you'll get both the statistically valid results and an open survey result from everyone else. Then it comes back to another public meeting, likely with the Parks Commission at that point and City Council, and then hopefully at that point <laughs> we have a final answer where we're going. About this time next year, you would look for if we're replacing the pool you would look at the pool to shut down about this time next year and be closed through the following season it's a complete rebuild if it's a repair I can't answer that question of when and how it might happen because it all depends on the scope of what's being done on that so that's where we're at right now uh, the big date is this September 5th so hold on to your hats and we'll see what the see what the recommendation is at that point right.
5: Let's say the recommendation is to repair the pool. Um, would the uh, there's been talk about like redoing the boat at the pool house and like maybe adding a meeting room? Could that still be part of it? I
8: don't know the answer to that yet. As I said, right now it's being posed as a one or the other. As I said, though, there's always a gray in between. So, right now it's being proposed as a yes or no decision, but the council's welcome to pick anything in between. So, it could be. A combination potentially yeah, yeah. um do well, i have a couple questions are, are senior citizens being counted as one of the focus groups i believe it's older we're calling it older adults not okay. senior citizens okay. but um, and the focus groups aren't completely set in stone yet either when we haven't engaged much with the consultant that we're doing the public outreach part because they don't know if they have a job yet with this project sure. until after we get through september 5th so yeah. we don't have um, when did the City Council decide not to go beyond the fence line? For that recent? Uh, that was part of the, rec- uh, the input from the Recreation and Program and Facility Master Plan. It was very clear through all the input that we received there that the thing the atmosphere of the pool the big tree line and I think it's more it's more the tree line than the fence line but the sure. fence line is an easier way to describe what we're Uh, I will say with that though that we've discovered there's issues with the storm drain which goes along the western side just outside the fence if you look at it it's sinking so there might be impacts outside the fence line over there that have nothing to do with the pool necessarily but we got to fix that too so
2: we'll see and this process isn't a duplication of what Barry Dunn did right it's the Barry Dunn was like the whole facilities master plan and this is just focused specifically on that. So
8: that's a great question and I've gotten that quite often. So the the very done work before was the recreation facility and master plan. So it was looking at a delivery of all recreation program and facilities. There were two very direct questions in the statistically valid survey about City Park Pool because we knew that was one of the the topics. That one, the statistically valid survey at that point, if you remember, 71 percent of residents wanted to see a new configuration of the pool and that's kind of what led us down that first pathway. Um, But this is specific for City Park Pool this time. The focus groups that we had before were about general recreation program and facility delivery so there's been public comment saying well you had a focus group that was all city staff we did because it was about our the way we deliver services in the community so we had uh, NDS police fire uh, public work all the other departments that are off and out in the neighborhoods we did have them meet with our consultants because we wanted to talk about how can we you know not have overlap and yet extend our services that all of us are doing. So there's been a lot of, there's been some public talk about that's not fair that you had a city staff focus group about city park pool. Well, we didn't. It was about the, the overall plan area. So those but are all good the questions. questions. And I'm happy, this would be a great time for other questions you have or things you, your neighbors are asking or, what's, yeah, Rachel. What's the big Halloween event? Oh, so I believe the date is the 27th. Brad's not here today. Um, It's our big annual event that we have based generally here out of this rec center, and it's for families. It's free. Generally, it gets several thousand people through the door. So, we think it'd be great to try to capture all those people coming in to get their input on the pool at the same time, in some way, shape, or form. So, yeah. And then the holiday market happens second or third week in November on a Saturday morning. Same thing. A lot of traffic, a lot of families, a lot of people coming in for that, too. When we did the Park Master Plan in 2016. Our big public outreach event that time was the same day as the holiday market, and it was a really great success for getting a lot of people that wouldn't have come out just to talk about the parks that were here anyway and wanted to give their opinions.
2: Yeah, you said
4: there was a um, after-school care child-focused group, but. I mean, so, the pool's not open in school hours, so.
8: So, uh, that would be part of our childcare group. So, a lot of the before and after school care programs operate summer programs. So, okay. it's probably more accurate to say the summer camp programs. Okay. It's it's any school-age care group that comes on a bus and shows up at the pool wanting to swim together. I'm glad to hear that you're gonna have a focus group for
1: um, people with disabilities, just because that, that is something I've heard at a parent say, I can't go to City Park. My kid there. They can't get in. Um, There's an 18 inch lip around the whole thing. And I mean, there's a staircase and then there's an outdated wheelchair. And talking about ADA and what they were doing, when was the park or when was the pool built? Yeah. People never thought about people with disabilities. It didn't matter. You know, they were marginalized. So it's, you know, to think about something that's universal that all people in Iowa City can use. Not based on your ability, but based on your wanting to do it, be involved. So. Um, I think that's just really important. That I just I'd heard it two different times from parents that um, well they go to but <laughs> mm-hmm. because it's accessible. Um, I thought that was a shame. Um, the city um, obviously doesn't have an accessible pool for people. So any questions on that?
8: Okay, a couple other quick updates. Uh, our summer uh, free events in the parks are still happening there's something every night this week so tonight uh, Rita's Ranch dog park It actually started about 40 minutes ago but there's a dog days of summer event uh, there's also an event happening at City Park pool tonight a back-to-school swim uh, we had a big teens pool party yesterday tomorrow night's party in the park at Chatty Green Park, so a good chance to see the gardens and the new playground there. So there's lots of stuff still happening uh, through next week, too. We've had over 50 free events throughout the system. It's been a rockin' summer for our rec staff. They have really gotten out and put that with some of our other newer programs, the pollinator. Uh, the pollinator crawl and other things. People have been very active in the parks and it's been busy. That being said, registration began yesterday for our fall and winter programs. So if you have kid, kids or adults that want to get into our programs, that's available. The uh, brochure is online. And new additions this fall include cultural celebrations events such as the Hispanic Heritage Event, Indigenous Peoples Day. And all across the world where visitors will have the opportunity to learn about global fashion, foods, customs, and history, but you'll have to look at the brochure to see what those dates are for those. And then we have a new one happening October 8th at City Park, and that's called Get Outside Outdoor Rec Fest. So they're working on something that's really going to capitalize on outdoor recreation skills, teach kids' families, have them have an opportunity. They'll get to be inside the historic cabins that day, I believe, so kind of a new special
7: um so forestry's had a bit of an uptick in after hours call-ins the last well there were three call-ins in eight days so um uh, not storm damage most of them but just random tree problems so they've been busy with that but one thing they did get since the last time i believe i was um, at a meeting was the uh the smaller um bucket truck um so it's on like a uh, it's on a uh, Dodge Ram fifty five hundred chassis, so it's uh, more maneuverable in that way than the larger um, kind of dump truck size uh, um, one. Um, but it has almost the same lift or reach capacity, um, and it kind of it's it's different in the way it functions to get to where you're going, but. Um, uh, it makes it more maneuverable in some instances, so we're, we're thrilled to have that. We can split the crews into two different crews now, which we've wanted for quite a while, um, to, to just get efficiency. Um, and now, for, before if we had split into two crews, they wouldn't have had the truck to be able to do anything off the ground. So that's been super helpful, um, so we're excited about that. Um, uh, more tree and kind of park related. Uh, we're applying for a grant again for the fall for a tree planting um, through uh, the community forest pro- um, grant program through um, DNR um, and that will be um, at hunter Run Park. Um, we have uh, some uh, Kiwanis members that include uh, the Take Kid Outdoors group and probably a scout group and their college uh, um, kind of outreach through Kiwanis that will hopefully be um, all taking part in that. So uh, I think the plan is 47 trees, um, kind of in that park and uh, on some of the, the rights of way right um, adjacent to that park and those stormwater detention areas we looked at before. Um, so. Um, Uh, Exciting there. Hopefully we get that grant um, uh, and are able to do a a nice, another big planting um, playground for um, Happy Hollow should arrive tomorrow on Semi. Um, so we still have to wait on the contractor to get the rest of that work done there um, They've got a deadline of this fall yet to do that and then our staff is installing that playground once uh, Once it's all ready for us to go. So um, but the fact that it's here um, and uh, Really it's on its way in transit right now. I believe from Wisconsin. So um, it's, it's a good thing to have um, and then the uh, restroom shelter uh, um, kind of renovation at uh, um, North Hickory Hill. That should hopefully be starting next week. Um, they put out some uh, um, erosion stock already this week. They're gonna put up some fencing around their work area um, either this week or early next week. So um, you'll see that uh, that older structure come down there and the new ones start to go in. And those are still, should be on track to um, uh, be installed this fall yet as well. So, um, those are kind of the main highlight, like, of big projects. Um, unless anyone has questions, about and you know, they've seen out about or anything. All right. Don't have anything for the chair's report. Now
0: have commission time and any items for future agenda. Maybe we'll start with time. Okay. Um, yeah, I had a few things.
1: Yeah. I missed the last month. <laughs> um, first of all, I acknowledge like there's so many cool things going on. You know, it's like. I'm going to miss the thing with my dog and they, you know, yeah. it sounds sound fun. And, um, we just live in this amazing community. We're so fortunate, really. Um, and human nature is to bring forward complaints, right? We're all not going to agree. So with that in mind, <laughs> um, I just had a few you know, um, people I talked to. Like I said, I'm going to get a commissioner on here, so if you it, <laughs> <laughs> right? <what> you, that's <laughs> <your job. laughs> that's right. Um It was a small vendor for the farmer's market, wondering about the necessity of insurance, that she would only do like six or seven of the markets per season. And it's a very small booth, and she, that if she had to pay the insurance, it would take away a quarter of her profits. So, just wondering what's up so, about that. Cause I I yeah, answer that so, the, the issue is vendors starting last year
8: were now required to have liability insurance to be a part of the market. We were probably one of the last markets in the state that didn't require it. Um, it, it came from our risk management company and our attorneys. And that's the best answer I can give as okay. to why we have to do it. Okay. Um, there are several different options that vendors can do, but unfortunately, it's one that staff doesn't have any leeway. Um, time. okay. We'll let mm-hmm. Yeah. We um, understand it's, it's been a change for them, but.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, and then this is like something I noticed. Just, you know, we put in that beautiful structure downtown, and it looks dirty. And I was wondering if, like, there's like a book that the kids climb on and different things. It's like, can it be resurfaced into something that's, it's not such a sponge of dirt? I don't know. I just it looks dirty, <laughs> and it, there's no reason for it to look dirty. Yeah, we can look into that now. And so the pet mall playground. The other thing you've
8: probably noticed is that the surfacing is coming up.
1: Yeah, there's chunks of it. That's that's awesome. Awesome. So
8: We are in yeah. conversations with the contractor and the installer that. This should it's have warning, oh, So there's yeah. some different
1: things yeah. that we still
8: need to have addressed. So we yeah. can definitely look at this. Because these
1: I may, mean, hopefully, the rain would wash it off or something, yeah. but th- there's no way to clean what is happening right now. Um, unless it, like every day someone to a concert or something. Um, oh, I had a question about outdoor basketball courts in the city. Just you know how many there are and possibly a need for more in certain areas um, sure. where teens gather yeah. and give them. You know, a physical outlet.
8: Yeah. So right now they are at. I'm
1: mean, going this. Weatherby, Court Hill,
8: Oak Grove, College Green, North Market Square,
7: City Park. We'll get a new one um, yeah. with a tennis court.
8: Um, so. Yeah. Um, and interesting about that up, uh, Tony Branch from UAY has contacted me. He's got a group of kids that want to, or not, I don't know, some, some of his participants uh, want to come in and meet with me and talk about that next week okay. with some ideas. Uh, they are expensive. The one that we put in at Weatherby was almost $200,000. Wow. So I realize that, And that's a double port. Uh, but they are expensive, and it's difficult for us to sometimes infill them into park areas because they're also loud at night. Sure. Um, so that's some of the issues with putting them into an existing park. But uh, like I said, I'm going to meet with the kids too and see what the ideas are and see where. They probably have better Happy Hollow <laughs> yeah. is the other one. Oh, yeah. Happy Hollow and um, yeah, I thought of one Fierce, other. One. McPherson, yeah.
5: Yeah, there's yeah. yeah. yeah, quite a few <laughs> when you're really starting about it. Yeah. yeah.
8: But I do know there's more requests for them. Okay.
7: We've thought about, you know, is there a. Place on the east side because really, when you get further east, there aren't as many, um, or even west, so we don't have as many of those types of facilities. So, sure. yeah. okay, cool, awesome. And then let's see, oh,
1: I don't even know if I want to even say this, but just I was, you know, <laughs> reading through the minutes from last meeting, it seemed like there was a discussion about the size differential between the pools and the numbers. And I was wondering, like, are we looking at like, the swimming of laps? Like, you know, Mercer Park, you don't really use the deep end and you don't really use, like on, on either side of the bulkheads, you don't, don't swim laps there. So
8: indeed, I mean, it's, it's not just a raw number of yeah. people in the size of the pool. It has to do with the types of areas in the pool and how people are using them. And that's what we were explaining about the 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. time slot here. And you see a, a large increase, which is awesome. 11 of those people most days are in the diving well together um, And so there's still plenty of room in the lab. So Uh we are looking at it both from a raw numbers But also how are people using that? Um, And same thing Mercer has different uses too. So that's why that's why we can't always land on an exact number. This is hard to compare and it's we have to You know describe what's happening as well as the numbers
1: as I imagine, and I don't know spur footage, obviously, but it seems like there's actually more room for laps at RAL than than um, or about the same. It's not
8: that much more. It's, it's very. It's there's different uses of different areas. We're okay. monitoring it both ways. Okay. And that's what we try to uh, you know relay to you when we
1: have those kind of decisions too. But the
8: the, the, or the not, there's, there's no public comment right, point point right point. now. Sorry.
1: I'll just. It yeah, I'm just. I was just. It's just
4: a different type of pool. Yeah. That's it.
2: <laughs> um, well, I was also going to comment, comment about the floor at the Pet Mall playground, so I'm glad that that's being addressed. Um, I was wondering, it's, uh, the Chattuck Green Park um, playground equipment looks awesome, and I was wondering if there was any um, future plans to put like any parking lot or anything in that spot?
8: No, other than the, I, we put the accessible spots in with the project mm-hmm. for the gardens. And that's part of the reason the neighbors didn't want um, a shelter because of parking concerns. Um, so it really is more of a walk-in, as it are most of our parks, mm-hmm. a walk-in park for use for the like, playground in the garden areas. Awesome. Um, and then
2: just following up with Connie's comment about um, everything that's going on within the person and um, have you seen a lot of um, participation in all of, those, yeah. all of the activities? Yeah, um, until last night. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was kind of low use at Territu blood last night. We
8: didn't have a big crowd there, yeah. believe it or not. Uh, yeah, we have. We you have. Now We're monitoring in some of our more traditional programs. Um, our summer playground drop-in program isn't maybe seeing the numbers we'd like, so we may see some changes in that coming up. Uh, but really, our party in the parks, farmer's market is the, the biggest best that it's been in a long time, so yeah.
2: Um, And then I just wanted to comment about a policy that I'd seen at City Park about the, at the pool about moving chairs. (laughs) Um, I don't feel like that is a very inclusive and welcoming uh, policy, and I know Kate and I, um, you know, exchanged an email about that, and so I just wanted to let you know that, I mean I understand your explanation, but um, it it just doesn't seem like it's a really welcoming policy that I'd like to see at the park that is in my hometown. So. So I appreciate that for those of you that don't know. So there's chairs
8: and help me with this because I'm not 100 sure. There's chairs in certain areas that have to stay in that area. Is that the way to describe it? Well,
2: I mean, I guess I understand her reason. She said that some of the some of the chairs they'd like to see stay in the or the want to stay in those um, shallow more shallow areas for caregivers and in the. Um, and in the waiting for the little baby pool or whatever. But um, I mean, it's it's not a one out, one in policy and large group, there, there are just different size groups that have different needs. And so to limit the chairs that can be moved or used or whatever, um, it, it's, it's a frustrating policy. There's a handwritten sign which really bothered me also. So it didn't really see, seem like it was a, a policy other than um, someone had just determined that. And I've also gotten feedback from people that know that I'm on the commission that have at the end of the night or at the, at the end of when the pool's closing an announcement, please make your chairs back. And so it just doesn't really feel like a summer fun place to be if those are the kinds of, and, and I think too if someone has some sort of um, physical um, disability and they need want some particular chair to have to disclose why they need to move the chair to someone who is maybe significantly younger than them or it's just not something that you want to talk about with a stranger. You know, I'd have to say that too. I think it just I just didn't it, it did not feel welcoming and I had an exchange with um, the one of the lifeguards there but sure. um it was just a little So I don't know a full answer for you but it's something we can
8: definitely look at and I Because yeah, you know, I don't know the full ins and outs of that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: so. thank you.
3: Okay. Yeah, just a couple of things. Uh, when when Bri came through, I happened to run into several riders from the Iowa City area, and they loved the uh, bike repair stations that have been starting to go in around some of the paths. They had questions about if more would be planned to be put in around Iowa City, such as um, you know Sycamore um, out there, or even Scott, you know, very heavily traffic City Park, as an example, um, that they would have that resource more often. Yeah, the, definitely we um, are
7: adding them as the budget kind of allows. Um, there is one in the application the for the Ashton House. Um, that's a very popular bike trail there um, that goes through. Um, but yeah, any of our, our larger trail systems are great candidates for them. Um, kind of all well throughout.
8: Approximately $5,000 each. Yeah, they're expensive. Yeah, um so they, they come out of our same category as picnic tables, grills, bike racks, all the same, so kind of spread it out to what we buy each year.
7: And we go with that model, it's slightly more expensive than some available on the market. But the ones that um, are a little bit less expensive, we have not had good luck with the longevity of them. So we end up having broken ones that aren't good for for anyone then. So, um, but yeah, that's a good point. We'll, we'll
3: definitely uh, um, continue to add as we can. Um, and one other thing, just a minor thing that I had a question about. Um, from some people that, that use Rita's, you know, dog park branch over there uh, in the playground area, and then I know there's like a, I don't know exactly what organization they are to play like ultimate frisbee in you know that area. Um, several of them mentioned that there is no permanent bathroom facility at Scott Park. It's just one porta potty um, that's often not in great shape. So I've had several people ask if there would be a point in time where there. Be a bathroom at Scott Park, or if it's even possible, based on you know what we've talked about today, what with the retention and detention water and all that. Yeah, I don't know the answer of where the like floodable areas would be or wouldn't be,
7: but um, it's not in the current uh, capital plan, but it's something. we It's true.
8: definitely something. I, not the, this is the first time I've heard requests for it along there too. So. It's something we can look at. It would probably be closer to the five or six years out at this point, but um, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Just curious as it possible. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Thanks, Eric. We'll start with
5: Brian. Um, one uh, one thing I noticed is the uh, some of the water fountains have like the dog little dog bowls. Like some of the new ones have them, and some don't. Is there any prime reason, or could I, like, It would be nice, especially like along the trails. And those all
8: have. We prefer to have them all to have it, sometimes yeah. it's been a supply issue or other types of budget issue that we haven't been able to do all of them, but that's actually our preference, yeah. is to have the three, so a bottle filler, a water fountain, and a dog bowl mm-hmm. at the same time. So. That's all I have.
4: Um, I just had a question with the Happy Hollow construction, I mean, last I heard they couldn't decide, and they didn't decide.
8: Yeah. Um, so, no, it is, sorry. So I just software. wonder, yeah. when they decided? Um, it was way last spring, so it's been bid and the uh, contract's been given to a contractor, it's been there all summer, they just haven't been there yet to work. Uh, but it, they will be skimming the field again and then replacing the playground and adding some new accessibility paths. Um, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it's really, really soon because their time frame is running out. Yeah. But yeah, it's still coming. And we just
7: reached back out when we knew the playground was here now and got confirmed again that, you know, they're planning to be there this fall, so.
4: Um, and I just wondered in terms of funding for trees, for Oakland Cemetery, um, I'd spoken to a couple of the, the tenders there and they were saying it'd be nice to have a little bit more leeway for some new trees since yeah. they're losing so many. And so anyway chocolate was grant. I didn't know if yeah. all the money came from the grant or if there was some sort of tree. No,
7: there. we're actually working on that with the um, heritage tree um okay. a fund from way back um well before I was here. Um there's there's the money in this fund and we're working with uh, some of the original people that were on a committee. Um, and meeting out there actually next month with with some of them. Some people from the north side, as well as um, uh, Andy Dahl, who's the forester at the university, and Mark Bittosh who's the district forester, because um, um, they were part of that original group. So they're going to give their um, input as well, but uh, the thought is to um, use at least some of those funds um, to add some trees back in, kind of keep it with that kind of savannah feel that um, that it had before we started to lose um, more of the trees or something. So, yeah. so you should see it maybe the next year, maybe next spring. So we'll, you'll hopefully see some more trees. I
6: said it last time, and I just want to reiterate again how much fun I'm having with the pollinator park problem. <laughs> and since it's going on for another few days, there's still time to participate.
5: But it got me out to see some new parks that I've never been to before and just exploring and learning about pollinators. Great work.
8: So I told Alex lots of times nobody has any comments. On <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> so, the other hand, I'm like, wow, the breadth of our department is amazing. That we're getting this cool. Thank you for all the different questions, but Alex, you're on the spot now. <laughs>
4: uh,
5: no constituents have asked me questions in the two days, so <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, uh, It's one thing I did notice. Um, so I was trying to look at the master plans um, for for your direction um, and. The 2017 Gathered Your Park System
3: one is on the website. It's, it's not working. Oh, okay. I did so, not
8: know that. Yeah. So we'll
3: we'll yeah. find we'll out. See, it was like a deadline kind of thing. So okay. probably there's a recent website update. So that's probably what that yeah, was in right. the last couple months. So yeah. Sure, good to know. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I figured it was just a website transition type of issue. So <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, I'm
2: just happy to be here. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I think the full schedule is off, too, because it said I was looking at that today. It said it was old or something, so. I put it in again because I saw a tree inventory on yours.
7: Is <laughs> there any updates? I know the old, like the tree inventory was taken down. Yes, yeah, we're, we're working on getting Cartograph is the new system we're going to citywide uh, into um, kind of our operations. It's still been a bit of a challenge getting it uh, um, up and going. That's how we're doing our stuff internally. I don't know the answer on when or even if that's available. Um, That's going to get into tech stuff and permissions that are beyond what I feel comfortable is saying, but um, but we can check on it. Yeah, it's nice you it's a nice amenity to have anything else
0: so a couple of things as well so also just wanted to express gratitude uh, for all the great work the parks and rec department's done have taken part in a few of the activities and it's always fun to get out and just see the various types of programming so I'm just super grateful for all the great work that goes on. I was curious about the donations uh, for July, uh, and kind of what that response was, and some of the groups that you're working with, et cetera.
8: So we, uh, as you all know, probably had a a, a donation drive for used sports equipment for kids. We will likely do it again. We did not have the response we were hoping for. We did get some equipment, um, but we tended to get things like cross country skis and a few (laughs) other like random things that are maybe not what we were thinking. So we're going to gear it up for next year with a different kind of uh, promotion on what we're looking for and hope for that. The items that we have got will likely be distributed um, at the party in the park. August 17th, which is at Weatherby. So we will distribute what items we did get, but it was not the closet, you know, the big truckload of stuff we were necessarily hoping for. So we'll try again next year.
0: Uh, Thank you for that. The other one was just, I've uh, heard other requests for just more pickleball (laughs) courts. So, so
8: now yeah. from us, um, so bids come in about two weeks from now on the Pickleball Tennis Court project for Mercer and City Park, so that could still happen yet yeah, this fall or early next spring, depending on how those bids come in. I do know the Downtown Association is looking at putting a temporary one in Black Hat Mini Park downtown on the Petron. So not the same as a permanent one, but uh, that is coming in. Our building, our gyms here are open for Pickleball almost every day during the
7: the new ones will actually have painted wise an extra three um and one designated pickleball at mercer and then it will have three more painted courts at city park than are currently so that's really it's it's six more um spots to be able to play so it's not a a large new complex but it's it's it's,
1: Well, it depends on bids. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It could be yet this fall. Okay. That's what Uh, I was thinking. It's coming.
8: Yeah. uh, We're a little behind on when the bid packages went out. And so it'll either be later this fall, like October, November, or it'll be the first thing in the spring
1: when they can get back out to work again. I was out, and there was a crack in one of them, and a guy was like, This is a lot. too, and i like, they're going to be resurfaced. Not only resurfaced, but rebuilt. Rebuilt. So, yeah. So the, the cracks will hopefully be addressed. Yeah, yeah it was wait, but I mean, no waiting. Talk about like high usage. They yeah. like, have to wait to play. So Yeah, yeah it's cool. All right. no
0: other items at this time?
1: I love all the questions, everybody. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. You're yeah. so engaged with everything.
4: Yeah. That's good. All right, meeting adjourned. Thank you so very much.